Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning. Do the Eagles have a quarterback problem, as was stated, or do they have a quarterback solution? The Philadelphia yeah. Daily News screaming with a back page headline, Debutiful, D-E-B-U-T, in the first game for Jalen Hurts. One game great for Mitch Trubisky. We'll get into him in just a second. But the first career start for Jalen Hurts, providing that spark that the Eagles so desperately needed and even, in a way, got him back inside the division race to an extent, though Washington does have the overwhelming chance to win the NFC East. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Fellas, right after the game yesterday when Doug Peterson was given an opportunity to commit to Jalen Hurts moving forward, they have a game Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. What a great matchup that'll be. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray in the desert. That one is for the birds for sure. Uh, logo and nickname wise he said no and then this morning on his weekly radio spot he had an opportunity to say I'm going to go with Hertz but he essentially said I'm going to take a look at everything from yesterday and I'm going to take a look at a bunch of things and then make a determination key we obviously know he is going to start on Sunday whether he announces it today Tuesday Wednesday what is the rationale and not just stating the obvious well, because he, he, you know, from from my standpoint, I don't think that he wants to do it. One, he's coming off a high, right, winning a game with a young quarterback that he just inserted into the lineup. And two, Carson Wentz is there. You don't want to just do that. You know, you want to do what coaches do, which is, hey, I'm going to watch the film. We're going to see what we did right, what we did wrong. I'll assess everything from that standpoint. When all of us clearly, we know who the starting quarterback is going to be. And that's okay. I don't have any. I don't have a problem with that. I, he doesn't have to tell you anything. I don't understand why people feel like the the need. Like he's got to say Jalen Hurts is the starter. We all know that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter. He accounted for over two hundred and seventy five yards of total offense, one hundred and sixty some in the air, and one hundred and some change on the ground. So no turnovers. We know he's going to start. He doesn't need to tell me. Oh, so perplexing and frustrating do you not think he's gonna start jason i do think he's gonna start so what are you mad about i'm i'm mad about the fact that doug peterson cannot find it within himself just to say jalen hurts has played his tail off and he gave us great energy and i would love to see that energy sustained and continued i don't think that's asking for a lot. But the Keith, other, but his Keith, teammates on, me, did that though. Uh, Jay, his teammates praised. Yeah, but him. it's different when it comes from your teammates, Key, as opposed to your head coach. When your head coach believes in you, maybe he's done this behind closed doors. I don't know. But when your head coach publicly says, "Hey, I believe in what this kid did the other night," and if he continues to play that way, this is the kind of leadership. This is what we need. Now, I I know that you said there might be potential sensitivity levels to Carson Wentz. I don't. Why are you coaching that way? Why are you coaching catering to somebody else who's not actually the person because that's in position? You want to make sure that you're handling everything properly. You may have to go back to Carson Wentz at some point in time. That's you fine. don't want a fractured. You don't want I, a fractured mind. I don't have to build Jalen Hurts up by breaking Carson Wentz down. Like the two don't have to go together that way. Yeah, but if I, you I got can a be complimentary. Though, if you got a quarterback, Jay, that's sensitive, that feels a certain way, we all know who Carson Wentz is. Okay, Carson so let me... Wentz, you drafted a guy in the second round. He felt a certain way when you drafted him. Now, if you just endorse him as the starting I, I, quarterback throughout the remaining season and all those sort of things, 
Now you got this guy who you may have to bring back next year on a $50 million cap hit when you have a roster bonus that you have to give him, all sorts of stuff. So he's doing the right thing, Jay. He's doing the right thing. Key, literally three days ago, you were on air saying that once Jalen Hurts gets his job, he ain't giving it back. He's not. He's not giving it. So so hear me. So, uh, okay. So we agree on that. So here's my only thing. Carson Wentz has been sacked 50 times. 50 times. Jalen Hurts, and I know it's a small sample size, wasn't sacked at all against the number one ranked defense in the NFL. In the NFL. Now, I know they weren't playing with Drew Brees, but Taysom Hill had not lost in the game. Let me finish my point, Key. Let me finish my point for a second. I'm not saying you have to endorse him and say he's going to be a starter from here on out. But why, why does it seem like every time somebody asks him a question about Jalen Hurts specifically, he goes to a team comment? He goes, to, well, it just wasn't he's one guy. He's a co- coach, Jay Will. It doesn't make it right do. because he's a coach, Key. That's what they do. Who cares if that's what they do? All I'm saying to you is, man, give this dude at least a flower or two by stating the obvious. You and I both know it. Why does it seem like the only person who can't explain what he sees with his own eyes is the head coach of the damn team? It's not Doesn't that, that he make can't sense explain to it. He's, it's not that he can't explain. He's not going to explain it to you and other people that want it. He knows what it is. I have no problem with it. Jalen Hurts will take the field against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. That's I, all that matters. It's just ridiculous that you need to go back and say, well, I just need to go back and review the tape to determine who I actually want to start. That's If you want to say I want to go back and review the tape to find ways for us to get better, to find ways for me to make Jalen Hurts better, that's a different conversation. But when you say, hey, in order to determine the starter, I need to go back and review tape, that's absurd. That's BS to me. No, on, it's it, it, and on that's top of that, why would you correct why, talk? Why yeah. wouldn't you why would you tell Vance Joseph in the defense of the Arizona Cardinals exactly what you're gonna do? Give them a day or two to figure it out. Let them make make them sweat and wait around. So now it's a scheming thing. Why not? Okay. That's okay. what they do. Uh, They're never going to just flat out tell you. Key, what this would is, you what would you do, Key? If you were I would coach, do exactly would, what W. No, you, no, you would not. I Keith absolutely Star, would. Johnson, you are lying to the would. American people right now you, on national TV and national coach, radio. I would give you coach speak. I would just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the, you know, he played great for us. We're going to look at the film. There's some things that we want to clean up. You know, we got to assess what's, you know, what we're capable of doing against this tough team that we're going to play in Arizona. I know that he played great, and you guys want to know an answer now, but we can't give it to you because Carson had a hell of a week practicing, and so has Jalen. I'm going to give you all that all that gumbo, everything really, mixed in there. I really wish we could play the sound because your tone was even different, you saying that. My to- you keep setting a narrative, Jay. My tone was not different. It's his job a to lose. How am I it's setting a narrative? We know it's his job to lose. But Doug, we're not going to endorse him in front of the public. Doug Peterson is the one setting the narrative. I'm not. I'm just the one trying to understand what kind of narrative he's trying to set. I'm not setting a narrative. It, I just watched a quarterback electrify, have, have an electrifying performance. I watched him engage and energize his teammates to be the number it. one ranked defense. I get and, it. And you can't get something positive out of your head coach about the start, starting no, quarterback? No, we're not putting him in Canton. After okay. one game. Nobody said I'm trying to put him in Canton, Ohio, Keyshawn Johnson. All I'm saying is, see, we would just be completely different coaches. You always said that you want coaches to be direct with you and tell, like, to back players. But I am direct, and I'm direct with Jalen. I don't have to tell Jason Williams anything I'm doing with my program. 
And if you don't like it, you can get all go back somewhere else and go ask some questions to another coach. You can leave me alone. That's what I would tell you. Okay. All right. Zubin, take it away. I'm done. So, fellas, let me ask you this real quick. Right now, percentage-wise, obviously things could change. About a week ago, nobody thought the Redskins or the Washington football team. Zubin, all I'm saying is don't let Joseph Keyshawn Johnson lie to you here on public radio. Yeah, I'm calling you you Joe from now on. I'm 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 glad that you you just went to the Internet. Yeah, you know I did because I do my research. You know I got the, the Internet fingers. Don't lie to people. You know what you're doing. I see you with that smile on your face, Joseph. I'm not lying. I'm just uh, not going to go public about my plans until I need to. And by the way, if this is public radio, you guys really need to tone it down. Because if we're going NPR, <laughs> we cannot have this anymore. This is you know ESPN. What I, mean, Ruben. Ruben. You're <laughs> I right. know what you meant. You know what I meant. Let me ask you fellas this question here, real quick. The Eagles have about a 6.6% chance to win. The NFC East, that being said, with Washington having the clear edge to win it right now, percentage-wise, Key, does it hurt to just not say, yes, we have a chance to make the playoffs if we win the division, but it doesn't seem likely. Why don't we just play Hurts the rest of the way if he stays healthy? Is that a feasible thing to do? I I understand what you want, Zubin and and Jay Will, (laughs) as ESPN, Sports Centers, Uh, NBA, Countdown, college basketball guys. I'm not giving you anything till I'm ready to give it to you. And if you don't accept it, that's fine by me. Doug Peterson does not owe anything to you at all. He's going to look at the film and make a determination in which direction he wants to go. Maybe his game plan is to start Carson Wentz for the first quarter and play Jalen the second quarter and Carson Wentz the third and Jalen the fourth. We don't know. So sit back and wait. Why is that so hard to do? That would be a great plan considering the way Carson Wentz has just played. But I'm I'm just giving you examples of some things that he may want to do. Zubin, why is that so hard? No, it's not hard at all. And I think it could be a good litmus test no matter which way it goes because after they play this game in the desert against the Cardinals, they're going to wrap up with playing the Cowboys on the road and the Washington football team at home. So it'll give us a very, very good early indication about how he might fare against the rest of the division considering the last two opponents this season will be NFC East folks. And, and, and on top of that, you know how these things backfire on you, man. You look up and be like, oh, he's our starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And then all of a sudden, you wind up having to play Carson Wentz. So go week to week. All I'm saying, Zubin, is as a former player, it's one thing for my coach to say things to me behind closed doors. But if I happen to read an article or see something on SportsCenter or listen to sound of how my coach talks about me, it makes me believe in what I need to do even more so. It, there, there is validity in that. I don't care what anybody says. Man, he stop being so things. sensitive, Jay. I'm not, I'm not being a quarterback right now, Key. I saw what a real quarterback you, did you last need, night. You need, if you need your coach publicly to validate who you are, then you are being sensitive. As the long as he that, tells the, you, the, as long as he tells you that you did great and we love what, what the direction you're going, that's all that matters. But, Key, that's not the way this game is played, Key. It's, it is because no, it's not. Because no, it's not. The you, head can't me, you can't tell me. You can't tell me something. You can't exactly. But you can't tell me something that happens behind closed doors, and then that same sentiment is not put in the public atmosphere. That leaves now. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you you playing with me? If there's a chance I slip up, all these things that you told me privately that you're not saying publicly. No, I can only, I can only take you for your word, man. That's all I can oh. do. Well, we know how good a word, word is in professional sports. Like a word goes a long way in professional sports. Sure. 
we got to well, squeeze. It, it, it depends on who you who you talking to. It just depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, we got to squeeze every last ounce out of this topic because when Doug Peterson goes to the uh, podium at the Novacare Complex Zoom-wise on Wednesday and says Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback Sunday in Arizona, we'll have to come up with another topic. But until that moment happens, likely on Wednesday, we'll have to wait and see. Let's go from A to Z. College football's favorite villain, and I never thought I would say this because Gummy's such a great guy. But college football's biggest villain, Dabo Sweeney, shrugging off criticism that the ACC predicted Clemson and Notre Dame. This was floated by SEC commissioner Greg Sankey, essentially saying, look, if you tell Clemson and you tell Notre Dame they don't have to play their final regular season week games to keep them in pole position for the college football playoff, what does that really say? The ACC said we did it for the integrity of the schedule. It's not just Clemson and Notre Dame that had their games pushed off. Sweeney firing back at the SEC commish who said they were trying to put a cocoon around the Tigers and the Irish. Listen to this. If the ACC was trying to really protect Clemson and Notre Dame, why would we even play the game this week? If six wins can get you in the playoffs, shouldn't nine get you there? Shouldn't 10 get you there? I mean, so if the ACC was really trying to protect Clemson Notre Dame we wouldn't even play this game and that's not what we're about we want to crown a worthy champion it's going to be an awesome game it's going to be awesome I would have loved to have played this past weekend I had no problem with that I didn't make that decision we wanted to play when we were down in Tallahassee about to get on a bus and go play things happen just like it has all over the place things you don't control all you can do is control uh, whatever goes on but they made this decision we've played 10 games Notre Dame's played 10 games we're excited to go play a championship, crown a worthy champion of this league and, and go from there. So I think if the league was trying to protect that, uh, you wouldn't even play the game. The game, of course, is Clemson and Notre Dame to decide the champion of the Atlantic Coast Conference this year. You can see the game Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Jay, there goes Dabo just barking again. I mean, look, I, I can't be mad at Dabo for this one, even though I don't agree with Dabo. A lot of times I hear him say things um, Different strokes for different folks. The SEC could have done what the, what the ACC chose to do. Uh, they chose not to. Uh, then you have the Florida LSU situation. So it kind of is what it is since all these conferences are abiding by their own rules. I don't really know what to say about that. Key, any thoughts? No, I'll let Jay handle it. Jay got it. <laughs> <laughs> all the way there for Jay. All right, I'm going to get you in on this next one because this is your specialty, of course. The NFL, people are wondering if the Bucks found their identity in their win over the Vikings, which was largely aided by the Vikings' Dan Bailey. He got the MVP award from the Bucks yesterday, as odd as that sounds. Here's Bruce Arians essentially saying, yeah, we're an up-and-down squad, but if we play the way we did on Sunday against the Purple People Eaters, we'll eat up the competition the rest of the way. I think games dictate how much you run it. Uh, what's the score at the end of the third quarter? And, you know, we were leading, so it leads to more runs. And Rojo ran really, really well, especially that last drive. And um, we wanted to set up some play action. Um, didn't hit it as many as we hoped. But, you know, that when asked early this week about our identity, I think we just showed our identity. We could do any damn thing we want to do. Keezy, right? Well, look, it's certainly certain game plans, teams you play dictate certain things that you do. Uh, depending on the flow of the game. Uh, he's right about that. But as far as doing anything you want to do, 
you know, there are some teams over there that got pretty good defenses that's not going to allow you to do those sort of things. And, and you know, B.A. Is a, is a good coach in his league. Uh, you know, he likes to talk. He likes to put himself out there, uh, open himself up. And so, you know, some of those other teams, the Green Bays, the New Orleans Saints, some of those teams will have something to say if they meet them down the line in the playoffs, I'm sure. Just, you know, 13 points left on the board by the Vikings. Could have been a completely different game, Zubin. Um, it's interesting that just Bruce will walk away from that game saying we could do anything we want after a performance where you feel like they're still missing something offensively. You still want it to click at a higher rate than what it's actually doing right now. There's no doubt about it. If you missed it, we should mention that uh, Dan Bailey of the Vikings had himself a miserable game. One of the worst games a kicker has had in honestly almost a half century in the NFL, missing three field goals. Mm-hmm. And a PAT. And the last time, and Key, you might remember this a few years ago, the last time a kicker had that bad of a singularly individual bad game for Mike Zimmer. Guy's name was Daniel Carlson, missed three field goals in an early season game against the Packers. Oddly, the game ended in a tie two days later. That dude was cut. So what happens at the facility today? Chicago and Minnesota, you're waving goodbye. So I guess I sense your answer. Huge spot for the six and seven Vikings. Key, they were one in five. They could have won that game yesterday. They entered at 6-6. and They had all the momentum going. They got stymied by their own kicker, and now they got a huge game against another 6-7 and team, Chicago, on Sunday. Yeah, this is a big game. Two division foes playing against each other. And, and, you know, hopefully, not put it this way, hopefully for them, they'll figure out the kicking problem and get it resolved before they play against the Chicago Bears. And, And when you look at it, this football team, I picked them to win the division at the beginning of the year based on all of the moves that they were making, the drafting, doing some things, bringing guys back. Then they went out and got Ngakwe from the Jacksonville Jaguars. They since moved on from him and traded him. But even so, you thought, okay, Minnesota's a good football team. They lose Kevin Stefanski to Cleveland, but they got Gary Kubiak, who was somewhat uh, uh, an orchestrate of what they were doing on the offensive side of the ball, helping Kevin Stefanski over the last year or so with that offense. They would take, he would take over. They wouldn't miss a beat. They got off to a tough start, one and five, but they rallied back to put themselves in playoff contention, much like you mentioned, Zubin. And so now let's see what the Chicago Bears are. Let's see what Mitch Trubisky is. Can Mitch Trubisky put back-to-back games together like he did yesterday against the Houston Texans, or could the Minnesota Vikings turned him into the guy who got benched when he was 3-0. and So all the little subplots and in in, in what's going to happen for this weekend is certainly starting right here on KJ and Z. See how I did that? <laughs> Key, I was going to ask you, what's a higher probability? Mitchell Trubisky plays like he did against the Texans or Mitchell Trubisky plays like he did at the you know midway throughout the season? Midway throughout the season. I think I, I don't I don't see Mitch Trubisky doing what he did against the Texans against Mike Zimmer in the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think you're going to get a different Mitch Trubisky. Last word, I would tell you just about the Bucks, and this is really interesting because obviously the Bears are you would imagine out of it, but you never know. The Bucks had three games left: two against the Falcons, one against the Lions. Those teams have combined for nine wins. The Bucks have eight themselves. So if Bruce Arians is as confident on his offense as he says, we should be seeing it in spades here over the next three weeks, including Sunday in Atlanta. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts. These days, it's good to be prepared, and that includes your vehicle. That's why Advanced Auto Parts has free vehicle 
battery delivery, testing, and installation with no appointment needed, and also curbside pickup on any order. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts and participate in CarQuest locations. See store for details. It is possible. It is possible the Browns can still win the division. Their odds are at about 3.8%, but it's got to start tonight against the division foe that embarrassed them in week one. So the big question is, which Baker shows up for this game? We'll talk to Mr. Monday Night himself. That's next on ESPN Radio. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Lou in just a bit, but quickly a reminder, beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg's new radio show, Greeny, immediately follows Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can, and he'll have the newsmakers that you would expect and interact with you every single weekday morning. From Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. That's starting again Tuesday, January 5th. Lou Riddick joins us for the Monday Night Football Preview. It's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Lou, I guess... What a difference 92 days makes. That doesn't roll off the tongue the right way, but week one, September 13th, Baltimore 38, Cleveland 6. You know what we said, same old Browns, and in some cases, same old Ravens. One streaking, one struggling. Here we are again tonight, and it sort of feels like Cleveland's got the momentum. What are you most looking forward to in tonight's Monday night matchup? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, Zub, seeing this, offense for the Browns continue to establish its identity and let people know that we know exactly who we are and specifically Baker Mayfield letting people know exactly who he is. And that's a guy who doesn't necessarily have to put a football team on his shoulders, but just needs to play the way Kevin Stefanski, the head coach wants him to play, which is let the offense run naturally through the run game. They got two tremendous backs. I think people in football know, they know who Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are. These guys are studs, and I'm telling you, the, the Ravens know it too. And then on the defensive side of the ball, for them, can they slow down Lamar Jackson, who right now knows that he has to play better as far as throwing the football, but he looks like his same old self running the football. And the Ravens' defense knows that they're up against it against one of the best rushing attacks in the Cleveland Browns. So this is a good old-fashioned blue-collar type of football game, kind of like it used to be when – the division that the Browns used to play in when I played for Cleveland was the AFC Central. Every game was like that. Every game was a bloodbath. I think this game's going to be the same way, and I wouldn't have any other any other way. 
Lou, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. Baker hasn't thrown an interception since October 25th. Think about that. A month and a half mm-hmm. ago was the last time he threw a pick. What has been the biggest turnaround in your eyes for Baker? I think it's it's the fact that they like that Kevin Stefanski has really, ever since they came out of the bye, they have really pared this offense down to where it truly, it's almost like what Sean McVay does out, out there in L.A. with golf. Everything starts with the run game. Everything is set up off of the run game. Every pass play comes off of some kind of action they gave you in, a run, in the run game, unless, of course, they get the third down where, you know, it's this drop-back pass. But I think that's why Baker just looks so much more comfortable now. And he really is just distributing the football organically to whoever is open. And it, it's kind of it's, – it's going, it's going well. And, and the rest of the team is playing good complementary football. And he just seems comfortable now as far as doing what they want him to do within this offense and understanding that because I was the number one overall pick – I don't have to all you know. I don't have to win games myself. We've got an offensive line they invested a lot of money in. We've got two All-Pro caliber backs. We've got three very good tight ends. We got a defense that will turn the ball over and get it back for me. I just need to do my part. And and he sounds like that. He sounds like a guy who says, "Look, I just need to do my part." Mm. And when he plays with that kind of mindset, I guess this is the result you get. Speaking of doing your part, the Ravens rushed for almost 300 yards against the. Dallas Cowboys, Lamar Jackson, up on Lamar Jackson's return from COVID. Uh, how can the mm-hmm. Browns slow that rushing attack down tonight? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I think, you know, obviously you'll, you'll see them probably come out with some different configurations. You saw it last week against Tennessee. I mean, two weeks ago against Tennessee, or yeah, it was a week ago, when they went up against Derrick Henry running some five-man line stuff to really kind of cover everybody up up front make it hard for Derek to get started and give him room. I think you're going to see them probably do a little bit of that tonight, I, I would guess, because you got to keep Lamar from getting on your edge and getting vertical out on the perimeter where he's just he's a nightmare. So I think you'll see them do that. I think you'll see, obviously, the safeties will be involved heavily. I think they will make sure that they defend everything inside out and try and stretch everything wide and just, and just kind of make it make the run game go sideways instead of getting north and south. Easier said than done, but I think you'll see them do that. And then when it comes to the passing game, rush with lane discipline. Don't let him get outside the pocket where he can become a dual run-pass threat and make him beat you from the pocket. Now, everybody knows that that's what you try to do with Lamar. There's a reason why this young man won the MVP, though. He's special. and He'll make you pay even when you do it exactly right. So that's what makes it fun. Lewis, Pittsburgh has lost two straight games where they've combined for 68 rushing yards, 68 rushing mm. yards in two games. Uh, what's the Steelers' biggest issue right now? Well, other than the drop passes by their wide receivers, huh. it's they're not the same. Look, they're, they're definitely not the same Steelers that I played against, which were, you know, John L. Williams, Barry Foster, Bam Morris, and just – Neil O'Donnell just run it down your throat when Cower was the head coach. They're not like that anymore. This is very much so a, a horizontal football team that has real good wideouts, real good athletes, but they don't pound you the same way they used to. And when they're not able to throw the football with with efficiency, and they're not able to win the time of possession battle, they're not able to hold on to the football and create first downs. As you see, as games go on, as good as that defense is, it starts to get worn down. 
because they're not able to stay on the field offensively. And they're not able to stay on the football field offensively because it's almost like feast or famine with them. It's either they're lighting you up and those wide receivers are just going crazy, or it's three and out, turnovers, drop passes, inefficient play, and then everything crumbles from there. they got to get that figured out. I don't know how you develop a run game in December, how you just develop one out of thin air. They are who they are. Ben's just going to have to play out of his mind in order to help that, that defense out so they don't get worn down otherwise. You know, what started out as a great season can wind up being a disappointing one. Lewis, another team that actually developed the run game last night was the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. Um, what yeah. was your What was your take on Jalen Hurts? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Philadelphia fan base is kind of on my you know what this morning because I said I thought it would get ugly with them against the Saints who hadn't let a 100-yard rusher in like 50,000 years, okay? This this team had been playing out of its mind defensively, just beating the crap out of everyone. And last night, the Eagles go, hey, Miles Sanders, you know what? You average over five yards of carry here. We're going to give it to you. Like, oh, well, no, you know, that's great. Why haven't you been doing that? The Eagles look rejuvenated, in a word. They look rejuvenated and kind of fired up about the fact that somebody different was behind center, which is a bigger problem in and of itself. All right, so why is that? Jalen, as a young rookie who, you know, by all, by all accounts needs more seasoning, played like a guy who's like, hey, I've been here before. And the Saints played like a team, like expected to just come out there, roll their helmet out there and go, we're just going to smack you all in the mouth and get out of here and win this game. Next thing you know, they lose the game. So I think it's a whole bunch of things. But I think it's like this. With Philly, it's like this. The team played inspired. They got a jolt from Jalen being in there. Jalen handled his business like a true pro. Now, but, but honestly – there's a lot more questions I would want to know about what's going on in Philly. Like, why did the team respond so differently to Jalen than they did with Carson? Why was the game plan looking so much different with Jalen as opposed to Carson? You know, what's, what's going on there? What's going on? And with the Saints, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm like, what the hell was that? Who was that by my defense who have been snuffing out everybody? How are y'all going to let that happen? So, mm. interesting game, but your hat's off to Jalen Hurts and your hat's off to the Eagles players for being pros like they are. Lou, having been on the defensive side of the ball in your career, what did the Miami Dolphins defense do to Patrick Mahomes to cause those three interceptions? And can teams around the league, as they go deep into the playoffs, take something from that and use it? Yeah, I think one one of the things you, you want to make Pat do, obviously, you know, is make him hold the football and make him, as you see what he does sometimes, Keyshawn, especially – you know, you'll see him keep retreating, retreating, retreating because he knows he can, off the back, off his back foot, be 15, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and still throw the ball 50, 60 yards downfield. You have to put indecision in his mind. And, you know, Brian, Brian is one of the very best at doing that, disrupting at the line of scrimmage, good pre-snap disguise, take away the first read, and then just rally like hell and kind of hold coverage as you give your defensive line time to work. And I think whenever you put doubt in any quarterback's mind, and same with Patrick, make him keep moving backwards and not being able to step in the throat and have everything look clean, then he can get into trouble too. The problem with him is he's got so many good guys that at some point in time they wind up figuring you out and then just, you know, busting something wide open and and then the floodgates open, and that's what happened to Miami. And they were down a bunch of players too, especially at linebacker where they, you know, they didn't have Kyle Van Noy uh, yesterday. So it, it was good for a little bit. And you saw that it gave Pat some problems early. But just like in the Super Bowl last year, 
he eventually figures you, figures you out. Andy eventually figures out. Eric, Eric Bieniemy eventually figures you out. And that's why they're, they're special, man. That's why they're special and they're hard to beat and they've only lost one game. There's no doubt. Over the course of our nearly four hours, we've been negligent to not mention the name of Travis Kelsey every single Sunday. Oh, we watch this mm. guy, right, Lou? Unbelievable. A, a tight end leading the league in receiving. Insane. That is Good insane. For him, though. No doubt about it. We'll see you tonight with Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lisa Salters for the big one, the biggest game our fellows have said in Cleveland, the biggest game so far of Baker Mayfield's young career. Look forward to seeing you tonight, Lou. Thanks very much. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right, Lou. All right, Lou. Kelsey is rolling. The Monday Night Football Preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quoting by all online at Progressive.com. This morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, the question was pretty darn simple. Who's the biggest challenger for the Chiefs in the AFC? Maybe it's a trick question because at Chiefs fan Brian just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and predictably with that name and handle said, the Chiefs. They aren't going to get away with playing like they did yesterday in the playoffs. Mm. If they keep the pedal down on offense and can get pressure on defense, they should be fine. Seems hard to argue with that. On the way, it was one of the most inspired hires in college football in years. And everyone said it wouldn't work. And everyone was right. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Six days after Britain gave the first coronavirus vaccine patient a shot in the arm, literally and figuratively in the world, the United States has done so this morning all across the country, including earlier this hour here in New York, where I sit in Long Island at the Long Island Jewish Medical Center. That's out in Queens. Washington, D.C. will administer their first dose to patients this afternoon. Fargo, North Dakota, later this morning and afternoon as well. So we're thinking about you in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, everywhere. The first coronavirus vaccine has been put into the arm of an American. It's obviously an ambitious mission. Let's hope it goes well. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. This has been a particularly tough weekend for college football coaches. Keep in mind, in a couple of days, the nation's best high school football players can sign. They call it early signing day. It used to be a big February tradition. But now, if you want to sign early, you can do so. And you can put pen to paper or Bust out the fax machine for the only thing the fax machine actually still does here in 2020. You can do so 
on Wednesday. So a lot of teams and a lot of schools are making new hires and unfortunately firing their old coaches. Not too surprising Kevin Sumlin was let go at Arizona. He had lost 12 in a row dating back to 2019, and he gave up 70 in his final game to his arch rival, Arizona State. The Sun Devils over the Wildcats 70 to 7, and that spelled the end of Kevin Sumlin. Gus Malzahn had the gall to go 6-4 and four this year. <laughs> you can't do that on the Plains. He was let go, but with a gigantic buyout. And right in the middle of those, no matter what you think of those two moves, was Lovey Smith, the old Chicago Bear and Tampa Bay Bucks head coach. He was at Illinois for five years. He went 17-39. and 39. He went 10-33 and 33 in the Big Ten. In fact, he never had a single season where he had a winning record in conference play. He never beat Northwestern, which sounds like a silly thing to say when you take into account the fact that Northwestern and Illinois, of course, both share a state. And if you can't do well in your state against a school with a tiny, tiny enrollment with high, high academic standards, who are you going to beat in the long run anyway? Many people pan this higher because they said, what kind of experience did Lovey Smith have at the collegiate level? Well, he spent about 22 years in the National Football League, but before that, for one year, was an assistant coach. For one year, in 1995, was an assistant coach at Ohio State. For that reason and that reason alone, many people said, sounds like a good hire, win the press conference, make me click on the story, but is not going to work. The guy that hired him is a 42-year-old guy named Josh Whitman, and he's not your typical AD suit. Josh Whitman is the athletic director at the University of Illinois. But he did something really interesting. He played football at the University of Illinois. This isn't just a suit saying, this is my guy. This is the guy that took the Bears to the Super Bowl. And remember, the kids in Illinois will remember the Bears playing in the Super Bowl. And I'll walk into their living room and say, I was the team that took the Bears to the Super Bowl. Times are different. Whitman tried. It was an inspirational move. It was an out-of-the-box move. Curious move. Unique move. And it just didn't work. He's made one other hire, men's basketball coach Brad Underwood, who after a very tough start has turned into an absolutely surefire hit for the Illini basketball program. But the question is, what can you possibly do to turn around the Illinois football program? They need a new coach. The new studs are coming in as early as Wednesday. And if you want to compete with Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin, you got to recruit. First things first, they need a coach. Turned out, Lovey Smith was their coach. It was a good idea. It just never turned out to be the idea that Whitman hoped for. Tough spot, tough job. Key, you told me during the commercial break, it's a six-win program. At best, you just got to kind of deal with the situation and expect what you get. Yeah, it's going to be tough because in and around that area of Chicago, Indiana, just where the – the, the football players are, there's other schools to choose, right? You get the Notre Dames of the world, there's Wisconsin, and you're going up against some pretty big schools in the Big Ten Conference as a whole. And, yeah, you may be able to – Ron Zook may be able to go to one Rose Bowl every 30 years or whatever the case may be, but that's pretty much all you're going to get in Illinois. You're not – it's a basketball school, and that's why the basketball program has hit the football program every 10 or 15 years or so – you might get one major bowl game, and, and, and that's pretty much it. And so, Lovey, I think Lovey did what he could do. He's an NFL coach. Um, as crazy as it may sound, 
I'd like to see him coaching back in the NFL because I think he'll have success. And he had a lot of success there. And we should say Kurt Kittner ain't walking through that door. Final thing we asked this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, fellas, who the Chiefs' biggest challenger will be in the AFC. I kind of like Rich Findlay. At Rich Findlay, Jay, um, none really. <laughs> Yesterday's performance kind of sealed the deal. Mark Blackley, 19, the Buffalo Bills, because they have the ability to run a lot of clock and keep opposing offenses off the field. And how about Vose Josh weighing in with Jay, Tennessee, because they can mm. run the ball and control the time of possession. I know you love Derrick Henry. I do love Derrick Henry. I guess my, my question for Tennessee key would be if they get down in the ball game due to the way that the Chiefs can score so quickly, is that offense conducive to them getting back in the ball game? That's the well, question you have you, for Tennessee. You saw, him, you saw it last year in the playoffs. There you go. There is no doubt about it. That'll do it for us. We will see you Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern, to break down Browns-Ravens. First thing here on ESPN <laughs> Radio. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast. 